Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hi, everyone. This is episode 73. Okay, and this week I want to talk to you guys about a book that's coming out on Tuesday. So if you're listening to this episode on Monday, uh, I was going to say January, June 7th, then it comes out the very next day. If you're listening to this episode after June 7th, after Monday, then the book is out and you can go uh, get it and add it to your life. Um, And the book is The Professor Next Door by Jackie Lau, which I believe is book uh, three in the Cider Bar series. Yes, the Cider Bar Sisters. This is book three, The Professor Next Door. Yes, yes, The Professor Next Door. There's a there's a dude on the cover. He's holding a book. He's got glasses. He looks like a hot professor. Yeah, yeah. You're probably like, what the fuck? Ooh, so you know what? Because I have it right in front of me, I'm going to read you the blurb and then, you know, dive in. So, ready? Uno, y dos, y tres. Blurb time. Or is it synopsis? Who cares? Friendly neighbors can have their benefits. Nicole Louie Edwards enjoys the nightlife and bringing men back to her apartment. Although lately, she's gotten tired of the chase. Her quiet new neighbor, David Cho, isn't her type, but after they get trapped in an elevator together on her birthday, she develops a friendship with the kind geology professor. Then, blushing, he tells her that he can hear her having sex, but tries not to listen Except it's clear he liked to, and she's surprisingly turned on. They embark on a friends with benefits arrangement hotter than any she's had before. She didn't expect him to be so naughty between the sheets. David becomes a bigger part of her life outside of the bedroom too, bringing her desserts and going viral on TikTok with her grandmother. But she can't imagine he wants to be her boyfriend. And it's not like she wants that either. She's convinced she'd lose her identity in a relationship like she did 10 years ago. Yet, she can't help getting more and more attached to the professor next door. And that, friends, is the blurbs, the synopsis, the whatever the thing is. The breakdown of the book. The book, yeah? You're probably like, what? Okay, so what I really kind of want to focus on for this week's episode, other than the fact that y'all need to read this book, because once again, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it nice and loud and real clear. There are a lot of people out here talking about rom-com this, rom-com that, and failing miserably, never ever getting close to the assignment that is a rom-com they say rom-com and do you laugh is it funny no not even not even close why they're categorized as a rom-com i don't know sounds like a lie feels like a lie looks like a lie probably is a lie but 
And imagine that this but, this B-U-T, is in alphabetical letters and it is glowing like a neon sign with a bit of a holographic shimmer. But, that kind of a but, so big of a but, um, not the ass, just the word but, um, Jackie Lau, who on her website, the tagline I believe is Asian rom-com, delivers okay you look to her books you look for the rom and the calm and what do you get you get the rom and the calm you laugh it's funny it's witty she actually delivers with what she says unlike (laughs) so many other authors who say that it is a rom-com and maybe it's not the authors maybe it's just the marketing team if it's a traditionally published book but that marketing team is lying that marketing team is wrong so if you are like esther i've been burned by rom-coms okay i've picked them up and they haven't been funny i've picked them up and they've had storylines that are dark that are deep that are painful that are hurtful and um that term means nothing to me let it burn i get it i totally get it because outside of a select few people is a lie but again the big but in capital letters think neon think sparkle holographics maybe a firework or two jackie lao actually gives you rom-com she actually delivers and does it every single time at least for me you're probably going okay but like i'm just saying in my opinion as a person who has read i think her entire backlist every time i've found things to be funny i've cackled i've laughed um but is that what i'm focusing on today is that what i'm i mean kind of but not really what i'm focusing on today what i wanted to sort of focus on is food Specifically, the way that she uses food to create, I was going to say to create emotion, or maybe what I really mean is to highlight and showcase emotion. And you're probably like, "Mm? whatever do you mean, girl? If you've ever read Jackie Lab before, you probably got to the end of that book and were hungry. If you've read her and were never hungry by the end of the book, I don't know what's happening. Um, kudos to you to be able to read so many food descriptions and, and not have your mouth water, not have your stomach rumble, not uh, feel like hunger pangs on uh, 20. That is not the case for me, right? Every time I, I start reading and every time I'm like, ooh, oh. And I'm just like, sort of, kind of, not really drooling because I want everything. I want everything. Now, what I think is really interesting, because when I think of other contemporary authors that I've read recently, I don't see much about food, if anything, right? And what I think that Jackie does really, really fucking brilliantly, uh, I'm going to say it uh, very clear, really, really fucking brilliantly, is that she's able to take um, food and not just like like literally an apple, but like meals, prepared things, 
the the act of either cooking or procuring food she's able to take that and imbue it with emotion and really use it in a way that you understand as the reader that this is not just a scene about these characters eating a specific dish or trying a specific recipe but in the act of doing the eating the getting the you know uh, cooking that they are expressing both who they are as individual characters but how they are relating to this other character and how food is helping them show care and affection and attention and whatnot to that other character. And I honestly, off the top of my head, can't think of another author that really uses food in such like a wonderful way okay so you're probably like okay so like what do you mean okay so this is book three in the cider bar sisters series right so immediately you hear cider bar right well so it's set in a cider bar not really like a cider bar shows up because it's it's one one of the settings of the book but what we get to see um with Nicole and David in the blurb, right? There's mention of desserts. Now, I I love food. And I think why this sticks out for me so much is I'm a person who loves food, who loves showing care through food, and who loves connecting with others through food, which is why I like this pandemic, you know, not being able to eat out, um, was was I had to stop and be like, ooh, is this my personality? Is my personality? I just I just go out to eat and now what do I do? Anyway, back to the book. Back to Jackie. Um so we've got Nicole and David, right? They're na- neighbors, and then dessert is involved. And you might be like, okay, so dessert is involved. But what I think is done really, really well is that as their relationship progresses, right, um, it we see both characters obviously putting a lot more attention and detail into the kind of desserts that they pick, the kind of places that they go to get said desserts. So there's, it goes from I picked up dessert at a nearby place for us to share to I did research, I found desserts that made sense due to whatever else was happening in the meal or the moment or the time, right? And that, what we get to see as readers when that happens is we're being shown that these characters are going that extra step for this other person, right? Which, again, our whole scenario is that they're friends with benefits. So then the question becomes, Once you're making that level of effort for a quote unquote friends with benefits, is that really what it is? Or is there more to explore there? And maybe things like fear um, of change, of pain, of humiliation, etc. are what is holding our characters back from deep diving into the morass that is love. Um, You're probably like, 
Did you just call love a morass? I sure did. A mud pile, a, a blender of things. Anyway, so I think, but okay, you're probably like, oh, okay, sure. So they do research to find desserts. Okay, and here's the thing. I think that, um, I feel like outside of Jackie's books, I hear about food and it's like they went on a date and they were eating or they didn't eat um but i think that she very specifically um shows us how our these characters having a meal together opens up avenues for conversations that allow for trust and vulnerability to grow right so we get to this isn't just about they were hungry and they sat and they ate food it's these characters are taking the time to um look for foods to feed each other and i think what's also really interesting she does it very specifically in this book the focus is really on both of them going out or not going out ordering food for the two of them to eat because they're next door neighbors um and so another thing that we sort of get to see in this book is that the act of going out to eat together is a signifier of something much larger and deeper than just two people who are hungry and eat together because we've established this pattern of these two characters eating together but in their home right whether regardless of whose house it is since they again live next door to each other but the act of eating at home and even then and also on top of that is um what does cooking represent in the context of these two characters who traditionally or generally whatever word you want to use um order food for delivery or and or pickup to share with each other so what then so i guess if you think about other romances where it's like oh you know that like they're leveling up a step in their relationship because someone is sleeping over this is more like no things are changing and their relationship is growing because we're going from just takeout to cooking for each other or just takeout to actually eating together in public right and i this stands out to me in the sense that um food seem i feel like without you know the food there would be not enough information it's like she's like okay i'm gonna use food as the vehicle to really explore the i think this is a real word the interiority of each character and how they are who they are and why they are and we get to do that or we get to see that as readers in relation to food and i think that other authors are sometimes like okay i'm gonna give you that information um in other scenarios that have nothing to do with food like maybe it has to do with like hobbies or something else but jackie's very much is like i'm using food as a way to really like sort of dive deep into 
um, the corners and the recesses of each character. And because these books are set in Toronto, which is a very diverse city and has a very diverse cuisine, like for those of you who've never been to Toronto, you can go to Toronto and you can eat food from more or less around the world without ever having to like go really far. Like you can walk from a Korean spot to a Japanese spot, to an Ethiopian spot, to a Nicaraguan spot, to a Mexican spot, to a Colombian spot, to a, you know, uh, Northern Chinese spot, to a, you know, Indian spot, to a spot that specifically focuses on a specific region of India to uh, a hand-pulled noodled spot, to a dumpling spot, to a local ice cream spot, to a donut place. And so, like, you could, you could basically plan a Toronto sort of food crawl kind of trip um, and still have food left over, right? You can go from a place where you, you know, get Jamaican jerk chicken to uh bulgogi to uh you know pancit like going to get some filipino food and then deciding that actually after that you want some lebanese food and then you want to follow that up with some vietnamese food followed by some italian some greek and then ending with portuguese egg tarts and then do it and then start the next day with a whole different set of cuisines you can get you know um first nations indigenous food you can get caribou uh you can start your day off with that and move on to you know poutine um and just there are so many ways to find food, whether you want something that's really fast or something that's slow, something that's farm to table, something that is so, so authentic. It feels like you got on a plane and landed in another country. Um, there is so much food in Toronto. And I say this as someone who grew up there, who grew up going, you know, like one weekend we'd like one time I'm hanging out with my friends and we're getting Korean barbecue. The next time we're getting pho, the following time, you know, we're going to get like uh late night Chinese and then we're getting um uh, there were maybe some fails. Uh, there was a place that no longer exists that tried to do Tex-Mex and honestly, truly, uh, hot garbage. I mean, drinks, halfway decent. Food, uh, no bueno. No bueno. Um, but like, there are places where you're getting French cuisine, where you're getting fusion, where you're getting arepas, whether they're arepas from Colombia or arepas from Venezuela. Um, there's just so many Peruvian food, ah, papas a la huancaina or chalfa. And so one of the things that she then proceeds to do, Jacqueline Zaosa, is to showcase right the level of diversity within the city through the food so for example if you're a reader who has never been to toronto and you're like yes you know what is toronto think toronto is literally really diverse food it's not it's a city that you can you know 
more or less uh what is the word would you would it would it be travels the globe perhaps that might be incorrect well is it incorrect i don't think so because again i think that you can get you know you can get senegalese and then you can get um food from ghana and then you can go and get food from uh thailand right you can get thai food but then you can also get uh specific like cuisine from like you can get egyptian food like there's just so much of that so with 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 that sort of like massive assortment of food jackie then is like okay cool so my character's are going to and I don't necessarily think that she's going my characters are foodies I don't think that's what she's doing or saying but her characters do love eating um in this case Nicole loves eating loves dessert um she's also a very sensual character so her sensuality shows up not just in obviously the sex which holy shit okay uh I'm going to what is the word make a brief like a pause break here. Um, I feel like this is... Jackie has done more than one romance where uh, the characters use toys. But the toys in this one... I was just like, oh, okay, okay, Jackie, okay. Um, This is hot with a capital H, a capital O, a capital T. Imagine flames. Imagine um, burning. Imagine just like so hot you almost kind of can't look at it straight on it's just kind of kind of says that i just i personally uh, thought that the the use of toys with these characters was oh so so good and uh, I, I think another way in which we got to see these characters um sort of figure out how much they could open up to each other and how much that they could trust each other and i that i really really enjoyed um but yeah it she she definitely is like you know like um oh my god i'm blanking on homegirl's name her name is gone from the annals of my mind uh nicole i was about to call her elaine and i was like no that's definitely wrong her name her name is not elaine where that came from jonose but Nicole, right, is a very sort of sensual woman. She loves food. She loves eating. She loves sex. And we get to see that. Um, and we get to see the celebration of that. We also get to see some of the doubt and insecurity that a character who feels this way might have. That isn't to say that everyone who's mad sensual and into all these things is also, you know, got doubts and insecurities but that can happen right so we learn i feel like so much about nicole through how she re-interacts with food how she interacts with david and food um and how as the relationship progresses the decisions she makes around food change right David, we also get to see David, right, is an older, he's an older man, not, I think there's only a six-year difference between the two of them, um, but David also is someone who understands how food 
and enjoying it with Nicole can be such a wonderful thing because at no point is David kind of like, oh, girl, like, nah, it's very much like I want to enjoy food with you, right? Nicole and David together eat and partake in food in a way that doesn't feel um, painful. Their 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 relationship to food is not um, is not coupled with any kind of phobias or 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 like trauma. Their relationship to food and how they um, interact with food and each other is more about the the pleasure that can be found in eating really incredible food, right? If you guys think about like your favorite dish or the time that you ordered something that just blew your mind, right? That's what we get to see with Nicole and David. Like they're eating stuff that is just like, nothing that they're eating is the whack or you know, bland or, you know, garbage tier. Everything is top tier. Everything is, you know, quality. Um, And they are partaking in, you know, meals together and moments with food together. And they aren't ever turning those moments into moments filled with shame or guilt or any of that which I think is really, really awesome to see on the page because I think that, again, I can't really think of any other romance where food is so feels so integral to the storyline, but I really appreciate that it's not about, oh, we have shitty relationships with food and now we need to grow past that. Both these characters are like, we eat. And it doesn't turn into we eat and we eat everything we want because we also do 77 hours of CrossFit. Like, nah, we're just people who love eating and that's perfectly fine. And that's more that that's there does not need to be any additional, you know, sort of caveat or um, footnote to that. We just we like eating. We like doing it together and we derive pleasure from that. And that is enough. And I feel like we don't see enough examples of that. Um, and I think it really sticks out to me because I, that is how I am. I love eating. Yo, I love eating. I love food. I love going, you know, going out to eat, ordering food, trying different things. You know, dessert is definitely, I get bummed out when I'm at places and their dessert menu is kind of boo-boo. I'm just like, these are your options. Like, if I go to a place and they're like, we've got uh, a cookie and a skillet and, uh, you know, ice cream. I'm like, that's it? That's all you got? You couldn't, like, to this day, guys, to this day, there's this restaurant in Toronto called Taroni's. It's an Italian restaurant. I want to say in the early 2000s, they had a panna cotta with a balsamic reduction. Now you're thinking panna cotta and balsamic vinegar, like the salad dressing type shit. 
the fuck? Like, that and some and a sweet cuss, the fuck? Yo, but that, the, I don't know if it's the sourness or the acid. I, I'm not that good with food terms, but that combination was just brilliant. And then they got rid of it and I think replaced it with like panna cotta with either a blueberry or raspberry compote. And I was like, that's what everybody else does. That's just boring. The fuck is it? Yo, I have looked for every time I'm anywhere remotely Italian. I'm like, do they have panna cotta as a dessert option? And if they do, I'm like, and with what? And uh, unfortunately, uh, in 2021, it is still just raspberry or blueberry or berry compote. I'm hoping that, you know, maybe this year or next year we'll see something elevated. Um, And you're probably going like, really, though, Esther? There's also this place called Morganstern's that's like, you know, fancy, bougie ice cream, which really is what I'm going to go for. Like, if I'm going to eat ice cream, I want it to be top tier, bitch. Not shit I'm going to find in the supermarket aisle. Nah, I want stuff that, mm, you just, there's one place you can get it at. That's it. They had a balsamic strawberry ice cream. And they had um, different kinds of vanilla. Oh, Jesus. Oh, the bourbon vanilla? Mm. Anyway, anyway. Morganstone's in New York City off of Rivington. And I think they have another location now. Just top tier. But bringing it back to the book, right? Because I love food. Because I enjoy food. Seeing characters that are also loving food, that are enjoying food, and that through food, I'm getting to see the growth in their relationship. I'm getting to see how they move from we're neighbors, we're neighbors who had dinner, we're neighbors who had a conversation about, oh girl, I can hear you through the wall, and it is hot, 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 to, you know, friends with benefits neighbors, and, you know, eventually a happily ever after, because again, this is a romance. And so there is a happily ever after. Because if there was not, then this would be something else and we would all be mad. But we don't have to worry about that because Jackie Lau delivers. She delivers. And so we get to see Nicole and David and their relationship and how food is so integral to the growth, right? The trust that grows between them, the space for vulnerability, the space to be themselves, which I was like, oh, and I really, okay, you're probably going to be like, well, I really actually liked that they didn't go out to dinner. They would order, right? And either would pick up or have it delivered and eat at each other's houses because to go out into the public sphere um, and to eat is to perform, right? I mean, to a certain degree, there are certain uh, mannerisms that you're going to do. Like you're not, you know, for example, if at home you might be like, this was so delicious, I'm going to lick this plate clean, girl. You probably, depending on who you're with and where you are, won't do that in public, so by the two of them continue, you know, predominantly eating in each other's homes, they also 
got to see each other's full selves, but not in a um, antagonistic kind of way where it's like, oh God, they saw me in my like at my worst. More in like what felt like a very positive, like you're seeing all of me. That's cool, right? And that's fine. Because again, how we eat, whether we are at home or we are outside, shows stuff about us, says something about us. So I just really, this really, really, really stuck out to me um, this time. I saw a Twitter thread where someone was like, oh, I'm reading this and like, it's making me starving. And I truly, truly don't think that you can read any Jackie Lau book, really? And not get hungry? Like, just she references food so much and it is such sort of like a cornerstone of the story and the romance and it's just and she also describes it really well right like you're reading and you're like yo i want that yo i want that wait wait a minute why am i drooling this is rude i mean this is great but this is rude my stomach rumbling um so i i was just like Oh, okay. Okay. I I I approve. I love. I mean, guys. Guys. It's just it's really well done. And I really I I have not read anyone else who's doing it that well. Who's really giving us you know, a love story that show that that isn't you know what what am I trying to say what am I trying to say I feel like the food is so important but it's also not it doesn't overpower the story like there's a wonderful wonderful balance um and I love that so much that is just my hand I'm I'm slapping it on my thigh for emphasis because I love it I love it very much um and okay, you might be listening to me and be like, Esther, I've never read any Jackie Lau. Like, can I just dive into this book? You can definitely read this as a standalone. I personally, every time there's a series, um, if I know of the previous books before I start reading, then I'd like to go start from the beginning. But you also don't have to. You might just be like, I don't, I, I want to read this one and see how I feel. Then read this one. Fall in love with David. Fall in love with Nicole. Fall in love with the two of them together. And then, you know, read her backlist. Um, also, on that, Jackie also has consistently given us hilarious grandmothers. And just hilarious relatives in general. Um... And once again, we've got, uh, you know, in the blurb, it talks about Nicole's grandmother going viral on TikTok. And just what I also really appreciate about that is that um, the these characters, the grandmothers and the family relatives are so real to what I, you know what grandparents are today, right? Um, all of my grandparents have, have passed, but I can only imagine what my grandmother's response would have been to things like TikTok, right? Um, to 
doing videos and having you know responses from complete strangers like i can only imagine um and there are definitely people um there are definitely people i follow in romancelandia who talk about like their grandmother really being into romance and just like being able to see being able to have um the grandparent in most cases the grandmother be comic relief but also give a um the viewpoint of someone who has lived so much life that they um don't necessarily get bogged down in the um ooh they don't get bogged down in the sort of everyday fears that might you know make the characters and people of a certain age be like I don't I don't think I can do that. I'm too scared. This is this, I it's not possible. Uh I think that once you're at the point that you are a grandparent, you've seen so much of life that some of that fear of making mistakes and not getting it right the first time is gone, right? In part because you went through that. You you did you had those moments when you were in your twenties and in your thirties and in your forties, and now that you're in your sixties, seventies, eighties, you're kind of like, and like, I'm alive, and <laughs> that in and of itself, let's celebrate that. And so seeing um, how those characters react to the romance and the the way that they are so very much like you go for what you want in a way that like when you're younger you 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 don't because you're so afraid of what if it goes wrong right and we see that in the you know in the characters like what if i take the leap to open myself up and i'm rejected and the grandparent kind of be like okay and like if you rejected, then on to the next. But you ain't gonna know until you try. You're just looking at them like, but it's terrifying. They're looking at you like, anyway, can you hurry up and do this? Because, like, I need you to hurry up and get married. Because I want great grandbabies. Or I need you to hurry up and get married. Or I need you to, like, do this. I, I, I really also like how that, having, you know, the character of a grandma or a grandpa or just older relatives um can really sort of give us a a very sort of different viewpoint on the romance um so yeah uh i mean i'm more or less a jackie louse stan guys Uh, i have read uh so much of her backlist and i think again this is an author who's giving you romance and comedy in a rom-com right it is romantic and it's comedic you are going to laugh you're going to maybe giggle you're going to chuckle you're going to be like mm, this part is a funny funny bone is a tickled um i where that came from don't know but you know what i mean um and th- i appreciate that so much because again uh definitely there have been uh, rom-coms out there ain't funny Ain't nothing funny about them. I'm just like, okay. Um, so, uh, am I supposed to laugh? Cause I don't know where or how or why. Um, 
like there's a moment where David's mother goes, okay, I will make a Twitter account and say you are my son and you live in Toronto. I will be your dating manager. First of all, I'm laughing at just the idea of having a dating manager. Um, And the fact that she's a dating manager and not like a matchmaker. So she's very much like, you know, like I can just imagine his mom being like, I'm going to set up a schedule. And like, so Tuesday at one, you're having a lunch date with like Karen. Uh, Wednesday at 445, you're going to go on a coffee date with Lisa. Then on Thursday evening, uh, 6.45, you're going to be going on a second date with uh, Rachel. Like, I'm just cackling at the idea of a manager because it's not even like a matchmaker of like, I'm going to find you this one woman. It's like, I'm going to manage the plethora of women, yeah, and put it all into a schedule and send you the schedule and you will know like where to go, where to be, what to wear kind of thing. Like, I just read that and immediately was like cackling um so again she's funny um and it shows like 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 she 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 did the thing right the assignment was romance and comedy and she uh aced assignment a plus a 100 percent or whatever is you know whatever you could do 200 percent 500 whatever um so i really 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 enjoy uh this of course there are two more books after this or two more characters that don't yet have their books sierra and rose and i'm just like those are coming in 2022 so we have to wait a bit but that's okay um but yes i really really enjoyed uh the professor next door i also uh this may sound silly to you guys i don't know but like as someone who's like living in a city like I don't know, that idea that, like, you and your next-door neighbor are going to fall in love is so, like, you know? I mean, also, again, this is only if your next-door neighbor is a hot dude or or a hot person you are attracted to. Uh, But the idea that they, like, can hear you getting it on and are not grossed out but turned on, like, that's just like, oh, okay, yes. Sign me up. I like this. What building is this? Can I live in that building? Like... Does every floor have just like a hot neighbor? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, you know, it may seem like a very far-fetched uh, scenario, but also not necessarily because people do fall in love with their neighbors. I mean, it happens. There are people out here, you know, meeting meeting their neighbor in the elevator or at the dog park or the supermarket aisle, both reaching for the same can last container of, you know, I don't know, Chobani. Um, and so just like this idea that like Nicole and David are neighbors and, you know, at first it's like kind of voyeuristic and then it turns into like friends with benefits. And again, the toys, (sighs) you might need some water because you're going to be parched because it's so hot. I'm just saying, just, you know. Putting that PSA out there. It is a spicy. Spicy good. Spicy delish. Uh, so yeah. yeah. That's how I feel about the professor next door. About the way in which Jackie Lau uses food. Um, to really, really sort of mark the changes in their relationship. Um, the growth, the bond, uh, 
um, the memories that are created via food. Um, love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, okay, so I'm going to pause here because I've been talking for a mad while. Um, and then I'm going to come back and it's going to be time for Gratitude Altitude Jaws. All right, so for gratitude attitude this week, I thought, well, since I've been talking about food and how like incredible um, it is in this book, why don't I make the three things I'm grateful for three food items? And I got them. So the first one is cheddar jalapeno Cheetos. And you're probably like, what? So here's the thing. Before the existence of cheddar jalapeno Cheetos, I think I had maybe had, um, and these are the crunchy ones, I think I'd had the puffy ones maybe once or twice and thought that they were weird. I was kind of like, okay, whoever likes Cheetos is a strange bird, next. And then I don't recall where I was. I know that I wasn't in New York because at the time they weren't, like, I guess available here or whatever. I was somewhere else. I might have been in Philly. Um, And I went into a 7-Eleven and I saw them and I don't know why I picked them up. I think I just saw cheddar jalapeno, two things I like. I was like, let me get this. And then I opened up the bag and became instantly obsessed. And you might be like, white cheddar? White cheddar and jalapeno is also delicious. But regular cheddar and jalapeno? Friends. Friends. I love it. It uh, makes me happy. Um, I love it so much that now when I do see it, I'm like, nah, girl. You bought a bag last week. You got to go at least another week before you can buy another bag. Because... I will devour that shit mad fast. Second uh, food item I'm grateful for. Uh, So I went to this place called Jasmine's Caribbean Cuisine in New York City uh, on 46th Street because I'm vaccinated and I can eat um, at a restaurant uh, with my brother and a few of his friends. Uh, to celebrate his birthday, like sort of a belated birthday, like brunch. And they had jazzy pasta. And I got that with shrimp and bitch. Like the plate came out and I was kind of like, that portion looked kind of small. Are they trying to rip me off here? And then I tasted it. And the pasta was delicious. The shrimp was delicious. Everything was so well seasoned. It was so good. And it was actual perfection. Like, it was exact. I feel like if it had been a little bit bigger. You know when you, like, something is so good that you completely finish it. But when you're done, you're like, oh, (gasps) I can't really breathe. There isn't really room for my lungs to expand because my gut has taken over. Um, It wasn't like that. It was just, like, the exact perfect amount um and just there's something about eating really good food it's just like praise jesus um and then the last uh, item so trader joe's uh, a place that i am obsessed with has a new ice cream called a southern peach crisp you might be like as if they had this last year fine new to me new to me but southern peach crisp is a buttery oat crisp peach puree all of this in a sweet cream ice cream first of all i love sweet cream ice cream there is something about the simplicity of a sweet cream ice cream that i absolutely fucking adore secondly 
peach puree and a bit of an oat crisp. It's just such a lovely balance. I don't know. I like, I normally don't buy ice cream to bring to the house. I usually just like go to a fancy bougie ice cream shop and um, I don't get it in a cone. I get it in a cup. I'm going to try to eat waffles. I'm, try- I'm here to eat ice cream. Um, and, you know, basically eat it while walking around or sitting in a park or whatever. But I saw it. Actually, I first saw it on Black Girls and Trader Joe's, which is an Instagram account. And then was kind of like, this all sounds incredible. And then I saw the sweet cream and that basically, I was like, sold. And now I'm just like, oh, oh, this is so good. Which is also dangerous because then I'm going to like want to go back and get more and more and more. Um, And I probably should not. But friends, friends, all I can say is delish, yum, yum, ease. Um, So yeah, those are the three things. Those are the three food items that at least I'm grateful for this week. I mean, there's probably more because, again, as I have already mentioned more than once, I love food and I love eating. But these are the three that really sort of made made my week kind of thing. Like really just made me be like, oh, hell the fuck yeah. Um, so anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, The Professor Next Door is available everywhere June 8th. 2021 aka tomorrow if you're listening on monday and if you're listening on tuesday it's available right now girl and you want this book you need this book you you want and need this book um jackie just she does her thing and she does it well she does it well uh which is why i continue to read because i am always i'm always always sure i'm gonna get a good book and i do (laughs) And so therefore, you know, why would I not? So yes, The Professor Next Door is uh, is coming at you real quick. Uh, go read it. Then go stuff your face. Uh, I know I did. Um, and let me know what you guys uh, think about, you know, the food and grandma and whatever. Uh, or let me know, like, if there are other romances that you've read that have, like, incredible food scenes or just like use food to really sort of give us a glimpse into the inner workings of the characters yeah um anyway take care this week um wherever y'all are if it's hot because it's currently hot in new york city definitely definitely drink water because being dehydrated sucks um if it's not hot where you are well you know Drink some tea, drink some hot chocolate, some hot cocoa, some chai, some coffee, a mocha. Uh, Treat yourself to a warm beverage. Treat yourself to a warm beverage. And wherever you are, treat yourself this week. Whether it's something big, something small, treat yourself. Because you deserve. We all deserve to treat ourselves. Because I'm going to treat myself to more ice cream. That's what I'm going to do. Um probably going to finish this pint real real quick but i mean i bought it to eat it right so duh again thank you guys so much for listening um and you can find me on the twitter streets or the instagram streets uh the handles are in the show notes uh bye bye